Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf Shavua as we study Meseches Yivamos Daf Tezayin. Bezras Hashem, you're learning next week. You'll start with Daf Yud Zayin, which is already, at least on the bottom of Yud Zayin Amad Aleph, the second parak. So we're getting through Yivamos. We've had the pleasure the last few weeks of getting sidetracked with other topics and the Gemara continues on Tezayin Amad Aleph in trying to resolve this issue that seemed to have already been resolved of whether Beishamai followed their own opinion. The question started, as we'll come back to today, with whether the Tsaras of an Erva is considered to be an Erva, but we got into other discussions, and now we're back today to that discussion. And that discussion leads to a fascinating piece of Agadita. And I'm going to spend time on this Agadita today. I'm not even sure if we're going to get beyond it. Some of the issues on Daf Tezayin, Ahmed Bez will continue next week with Daf Yudzayin. And I'm going to divide this year into two parts. First, I want to take a view at how the Rishonim and the Mepharshim on Agadita, some of the Achronim, look at this incredible story that hopefully you've read by now and learned in detail. And then number two, we're going to see how some contemporary postgame have taken this story, Halacha Lamasa, but there'll also be Halacha Lamasa in the first part. Now, we have met some of these incredible Tanayim before. We see them not only in Halacha, but also in Agadita, in Gemara Brachos, other places as well, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Lezim and Uzziah, and Rabbi Akiva. And what we find here is that none of them are happy with a rumor that they hear that another, one of the great Tanayim, Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus, who according to the Magin Avos, the Tashpets, Amesechus Avos, Paragimel, Mishnah Yud, where we have a teaching of Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus, or he calls him Rabbi Dostai, Ben Horkinus, there is a discussion whether the name was Dosa or Dostai, same person. And they understand that he, who doesn't seem to be part of the school of Beishamai, the community of Beishamai, is paskining like Beishamai. And we're obviously going to have some concerns because even if the direct descendants of Shammai and Hillel, as we learned earlier, were able to keep their yichus beseder, but what happens when there's now communal spread? That seems to be the issue. Now, before coming to a conclusion, which is going to be so fundamental, the three of them decide to find out what's the MS. They're not going to assume the MS. It's very interesting along these lines, and just taking away lessons from the story, that the Ben Yehoyada, who we've discussed before, the Ben Yehoyada, also known as the Ben Ishchai, in his parish on the Agadita, he has two perushim on the Agadita, he points out that if you look at this Gemara, the Gemara talks about how Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva, when they left the Beit Midrash, where they were having this discussion, they left in a very deliberate way. They didn't all go out together. Imagine that scene that would have taken place. So they all went in their own direction, and then eventually they find themselves in front of Rabbi Dosa's home. And it's interesting, we do see them together there in front of uh, Rabbi Dosa ben Hurkinus's home, 
but they didn't make a big scene in getting there, and therefore they weren't crowds. It's something, especially because you talk about self-promotion and the media and people publicizing machlokas. Uh, they go about this in a very quiet way. And a very important message of this Haligarita as well is that Rabbi Dosa was not defensive. You see the way he treats them, and we'll spend some time talking about that as well. So even what was perceived to be a machlokas, at least from the perspective of the three Tanayim, Rishur, Rezim, and Zayar, Ben Rabbi Akiva, on such a serious fundamental issue in the Jewish community, possible mamzerus, which is how the Gemara continues in the context over here, they are dealing with it with sensitivity. Now, at the end of the day, as you get through the Gemara, you see clearly, and Rashi makes sure right at the beginning of the Agarita to, to jump on this, that it's the Achiv Shel Rabbi Dosa. A lot of this was a misunderstanding. Rabbi Dosa said clearly, as he states to the three Tanayim, Yipaskin like Beis Hillel, and that's the way we should follow. But my brother is a Talmud of Beishamai, and therefore Hetira. The Tanayim don't seem to agree with that, maybe because his brother went beyond Paskening only for his own community, or at least for the Talmidim and Beishamai. But that's not an issue we're going to discuss. Now, there is a fascinating discussion in, already you see this in Rishonim, and it gets down to Achronim, in trying to identify the name of Rabbi Dosa's brother, who we know at the end of the day, his name is Yonatan, and, but he is called by his brother by an interesting nickname, Bechor Satan. Bechor Satan, if you look into the Machzer Vitri, where he uses this term in a, in a different context, talking about Haman, and he references back to this Gemara, is Shememis B'nei Adam, that he knocks off other people, not physically, but he's very sharp. Even Rashi, if you read Rashi, it looks like he follows not only the Torah of Beishamai, but even a certain gisha, a certain approach in sharpness. And we see the way he talks to Rabbi Akiva in this Gemara. Rabbi Akiva, again, just to show you how within this story there's so much to learn. So if you look at the Marsha, the Arach Lener, and others... Rabbi Akiva was able to hold his tongue when he's insulted by the brother, because eventually they do find the brother. Tosvos points out that when they come, they come together through the door, but when they leave, they leave in different exits for two possible reasons. Either they're trying to find Yonatan to be able to tell him uh, what's the right halacha and to argue with him, or they're trying not to create machlokas. They're avoiding machlokas. But either way, when Rabbi Akiva is attacked, he responds with humility. He's insulted by being categorized as unable to achieve even the status of being a shepherd of buck or of cattle. And Rabbi Akiva humbly responds that I don't even qualify to be a shepherd of sheep. In reality, we know that he was a shepherd of sheep. And the Marsha points out, fascinating, that in a way... He was connecting himself to Moshe Rabbeinu, who was proud to be a shepherd of sheep. It was also a great anav. So this is just an introduction to the Agarita, to make sure to read this Agarita in a very analytical way. The term Bechar Satan, is, uh, it's a big debate 
in the Risharim and the Achronim. Some suggest it's actually a place that's identified in Shmuel. It's not that his brother was insulting him or categorizing his uh, intellect or his Midos Ben Alamachavero. But uh, I think the Pashup shot, and you can look at uh, the Rishonim, is that it was a description. Rabbi Dosa was describing his brother's approach to Halacha and to those that disagree with him. Now, if you wanted to do some trivia of where else do we see Rabbi Dosa Ben Herkinus, sometimes he's referred to as Ben Herkinus, just Ben Herkinus. That's actually some of the confusion here in the Gemara. In the Rishalmi, he's referred to in the same story as Ben Horkinus, and they end up having a, uh, the wrong identity. But just uh, parenthetically, the Mishnah Meseches Erev in Perikimel Mishnah Tess, Rabbi Dosa Ben Horkinus was of the position that Ha'over Lefnei that when you daven on Rosh Hashanah, you are supposed to mention Yom Rosh Chodesh Hazeh. It's a very big discussion. We, of course, do not mention Rosh Chodesh on Rosh Hashanah. We avoid even Mavarchem HaChodesh on Rosh Hashanah. But Rabbi Dosa was very big. He's not as famous, perhaps even as the Dosa, who is the third generation Amora, and definitely Rabbi, the, the three Tanoim that we meet here, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Leza ben Azariah. But we will see through the way the story is explained the tremendous deference that is given to him. Now, I just want to point out a couple of other things before I get to Halach Lamasa, how some of the poskim today take this story. And I'll, I'll use mostly the Marsha. See, the Marsha is trying to explain what's the order. We pointed out before the three didn't want to come with a big attack and they didn't want to create any uh, PR that would be uh, negative. But how do they come, these three? First, Rabbi Yoshua, then Rabbi Elizabeth Azariah, and then Rabbi Akiva. And in fact, Rabbi Yeshua said proudly, Ani Eilech, I will go. So the Marsha says, Lafi Shehu Hayav Bezdin. We have to treat Rabbanim with respect, but even within the rabbinic world, they have to treat each other with respect. And there's Kavod Harishon that's given to the Av Bezdin. We'll see soon how this plays out, Halach Lamaisa. After him comes Rabbi Lezim and Azariah, who was the Nasi. Now, some want to argue really the Nasi should go first, but I'm not going to go through every possibility. This is the Marsha, and only then Rabbi Akiva. Now, you end up seeing in the story that already at this point, Rabbi Akiva had a, an incredible reputation. Rabbi Dosa didn't even know who Rabbi Lezim and Azariah was. The only thing that Rabbi Lezim and Azariah meant to him in the story was Narhaisi Gamzakanti. He was able to feel good that his father, Azariah, was able to have such a prodigious son. But Rabbi Akiva is considered here, as far as the Adifus, the priority, he actually is listed third. Because people of position, the Avbezdin and the Nasi, obviously based on their personalities, but I would suggest what the Marsha is saying is based on their position, they're given a certain status and therefore it demands respect. And only after him is Rebbe Akiva. So that's what that's the Marsha. The Achronim also pick up even on the seating arrangement because you know at the end of the day, Rebbe Akiva was not given a seat. He wasn't given a gold seat. So you could say the same thing like the Marsha, that he didn't have a position. This is a question. You have a, a chasana or you have in a shul, what 
positions are supposed to give, which kibbutzim is supposed to be given out, which seats. And the goal over here is not just to honor people, which is part of it. It was supposed to be mechabed as kol adam, but these are people who are ambassadors of the Rebona Shalom. So it's also giving respect. It's kavod shemayim, as we say. So the Gemara, the, the Ben Yehoyada says that the seating was, he only recognized Rabbi Yeshua, right? They went back a long way. He was the oldest. We know that ben da, that uh, Daisa Ben Herkinus had a hard time seeing, so he recognized a familiar face. Then he's introduced to Rabbi Lazar Ben Uzziah. He sits them down, and there's no longer room for Rabbi Akiva. That's the suggestion that the Ben Yehoyada gives. And then he says, nearly, There was only room for three people on there. So maybe they really could have squeezed Rabbi Akiva in there. But there was the question why, because Rabbi Yeshua was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva did not feel comfortable, even though he probably was considered to be greater than Rabbi Yeshua, to sit on the same chair, and therefore they had to pull another chair. So in an Agadita, in Masecha Sota, we learned not only halacha, but especially how to interact with people, gedolim, but even with each other, to understand the need for respecting each other. The Chashukei Chemed by Rav Zilberstein, on our daf, Tezayin Amad Aleph, he brings a question, Halacha Lamasa. Av Bezdin Rosh Hashiva V'Talmud Chacham, Muflog Bedor. He said, all three of them are in the same shul, who gets the Mizrach wall? Who gets to sit in the front of the shul? The Abbezdin, the Rosh Hashiva, the Talmud Chacham. And he says, the answer is found, he quotes Rabbi Dosa. And the assumption here is that Rabbi Dosa did the choice of seating. He obviously was aware, at least by the time he met all three of them, who the three individuals were. And the fact that he doesn't give Akiva ben Yosef, even though he gives him tremendous praise, even his brother pointed out how recognized he was, this is a proof that the Av Bezin and the Rosh Hashiva get in the front, and then the Talmud, Muflug, Talmud Chacham Muflug doesn't get the, it sits a little bit back. It also wouldn't be respectful to his Rebbe, because that's the question that is asked to the Chashuk Echemed, which totally matches up. It wasn't just the Stam Talmud Chacham. If it was a Talmud Chacham who had no relationship to the first two, then you could sit all three of them up at the Mizrach wall, assuming there's enough room. There would also be a problem with the Kavod of the Rebbe, Rebbe Yeshua, and the same thing over here with the Av Bezdin, who was the Rebbe of the Talmud Chacham. So this is just a Halach Lamasa. Now, at the end, as so often in Rev Zilberstein, he says it's not so bad to sit a little bit back. You know, it's not like it's a lack of kavod. It's not all or nothing. It's either the Mizrach wall or nothing. But he brings the story down. He actually brings down the Ben Yehoyada and the Marsha, the question about whether this was the, the decision of where to sit was coming from the Talmidim or it was coming, as the Marsha explains, from the Rebbe in this situation, Rabbi Dosa Ben Horkinus. Rav Zilberstein also brings a story about his father-in-law, the great Rebbe Yashav Zechitzah Klofracha, that one time 
Rebbe Yashiv was davening in a shul of one of his Talmidim, where his Talmud was the Mar de Asra, and they wanted to sit Rebbe Yashiv in the front. The Talmud wanted to sit Rebbe Yashiv in the front, and Rebbe Yashiv said, no, you're the Mar de Asra. So at the end, they ended up putting both of them in the front. Now, what Rizilberstein says from the end of this, his conclusion is, you can't really prove something from this last story because we're dealing here with a Mara de Asra, with a Rav of a Shul. I don't mean to be self-serving over here, but Rav Yashiv is giving special respect because he's the Mara de Asra. You don't go into the calculations of whether he's the Abbezdin, the Rosh Hashiva, the Talmud Chacham. For the people at the, in the Shul, they need to see that the Gadol Hadar, Rebel Yashiv, is, is showing respect to the Marda Asra. He's trying to model for them. And then obviously the Marda Asra is showing respect for the Gadol Hadar. We're not going to have time now to jump into the Amon Maya of Sugya. So everyone should have a great week, and we'll see you next week.